Welcome to the All 49ers show. That's Jose Sanchez. I'm Grant Cohn. Uh, we're the people that get stopped in public like, are you the guys from the All 49ers show? And we're like, yeah, we are. Anyway, we're going to be talking about 49ers today, Trey Lance. Uh, we want to start with Brandon Ayuk because Jose had an epiphany last night. Jose gets all the transcripts like me, and we don't throw them away. And it's fun. You can like look through your Gmail, and if you have the right keywords, you can find things. And um, Jose looked back at the previous pre-draft press conferences, pre-draft press conferences, and saw what John Lynch had to say about other players who were up for a fifth-year option that got them picked up. What'd you find? Well, in, in two years ago, right, we found that Mike McGlinchey's got his picked up. He announced it. And you guys are going to come out here later. Yeah, we're going to pick his up. Now, it might not have been officially. It doesn't matter. He announced it there. We're going to pick it up. Following suing year, Nick Bosa. Oh, when you guys walk out of this press conference, it's probably going to be an announcement. We picked up Nick Bosa's. Yeah. With the page to now, Javon Kinlaw, Brian Ayuk, but more highlighted Ayuk because I think we all know Kinlaw's not getting picked up. He was hushed. First, he was hushed off with your trade question, which I thought was an eyebrow raiser. Then he goes on when, when they get asked about Kinlaw and Ayuk. He goes, well, I like to wait and see through a draft. Why? What? No, you don't. <laughs> the other two yeah. players you've announced multiple times and years yeah. in a row that they have been picked up. Brandon yeah. Ayuk suddenly is a – who seems the most obvious. Just I would like to think they're grouped up with those, with those other two, McGlinchey and Bosa. You're not going to announce his – I get you have another pick you to consider and stuff like that. And the counter would be like, well, they got to consider Kinlaw. So like that. It's like, yeah, but years past, they've already told these players and had a decision made. So either one, if they're really, if they haven't told him yet, oh my God, what are you guys doing? This is kind of like, this is kind of Bush league. You haven't told him yet. And number yeah. two, are you, are you afraid that he's going to be all sensitive to it? Then come on. That's wild. This is, this is the pros grow up. So to me, it's like the only other option is the only reason why you have not picked it up is because you're shopping him. You're considering that because if you pick that up, another team might be like, you know, he's got that $14 million option there because what if a team would rather acquire him over the draft and have that option to consider, decline it, extend him anyways, or pick it up, whatever option. The point is you give that flexibility yeah. to the team that's acquiring him. So to yeah. me, I think now what I didn't think was possible, I officially think he is definitely being shocked. Yeah, the way I look at it is he made it sound like Brandon's going to be on this team this year because probably he will be. <laughs> I think there's a scenario where they would trade him. I mean, there's a scenario where you would trade anyone, but for him, it's probably like, well, we know the Giants like him. That's been reported. The Giants have the 25th pick. So maybe there's one player the Niners would be interested in at pick 25. And if he's available, the Niners pick up the phone and call the Giants and say, let's do it. And maybe there's a 15% chance that player will be available at pick 25 from the Niners' perspective. But, you know, if it's a certain wide receiver or a certain offensive tackle or a certain tight end, they'll do it. I don't know. And so I, I don't know who it is. I don't know what the the likelihood is, but I could see that being the scenario here. I think that's the only scenario because you would not want to trade out you, a guaranteed guy who's continued to ascend. And you kind of do need him for 2023, right? This is your all-in year again, which is why they're not really giving Trey Lance too much of a shot, right? Is you, you have to keep him on. So unless the way that the chips fall, you're you starting to get okay. Now I see, I see where it's going. I see where it's going. Kind of the same way with Ayuk, right? When they drafted him, it's like okay, we see the way it's going. We got to leapfrog the, mm -hmm. we got to do it. We got to leapfrog the Packers. We got to do it. They're right. gonna draft him. So I right. think that's the only way you do it is if it gets down to the Giants or if it gets down to the Chargers, or the Ravens, because those are other teams who I think, or the Jaguars. Those are the teams I think who number one need another wide receiver. Um, and they definitely could accompany them. And you know that, that it makes sense. You know you got the mid twenties. 
that, that sounds like good value for IU because no one in the top 20 is really going to go after him. So I think uh, in terms of that, I think if you're the Niners, it's depending on – I already thought – I didn't think about too many about prospects. Like, I don't think they're going to go for another wide receiver. I think they'll try to get the later rounds for one, especially because I don't think the – in terms of top prospect wide receivers outside of Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, Jordan – I haven't even seen Jordan Addison not being viewed as a first-round pick. And I was like, really? Wow, okay. So – I, it's looking very bleak this year. It's more so like a day two or day three for receivers. So I don't think the Niners right. do that. I think it's more so like what what are the needs? Who they got to replace? Offensive tackle, right? Trent Williams, right tackle's vacant. Tight end George Kittle, who knows? And then maybe another right. edge rusher or whatever. So those are the ones I think they would be looking at if the way the, if the way the draft board falls. Yeah. I, again, I don't know what what they're looking for. Maybe it's yeah. a position, a player. But let's say they let's say the twenty five is the highest they could get for Brandon Ayuk. And let's say they want a wide receiver to to replace him. Maybe they would be interested in drafting Quentin Johnston from TCU. But he's currently ranked 22nd on draft tech, and he might not be available. And they may not, not, they may not like him. If they want an offensive tackle, maybe it's Darnell Wright from Tennessee, the right tackle who's 6'5", 333 that they want. He's currently ranked 20th on draft tech, so he might not be there either. And if it's a tight end, maybe they want Michael Mayer, who's currently ranked 17th. So those are guys they could say, like, hey, if one of those three guys falls... We think that's a blue tri- a blue chip, you know, uh, franchise cornerstone player. will do it. Otherwise, no. And it's possible none of those guys will be there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you keep this is a big reason why you keep that flexibility. It's just like we just we we have an idea where some of these players can fall, but we don't know because all it takes is one team to really mess up everyone's draft board, right? It just it just messes up. It's almost like March Madness, but on a lesser scale, obviously, because March Madness is crazy. It's like all it takes is for one game to ruin your bracket. And all it takes for one team to all of a sudden just whoa! Now all of a sudden the dominoes, the whole yep. butterfly effect change down the line. That's too much. Why I don't like to get so entrenched into the draft until like weeks before because it, it, you get more of a clear picture of where these guys are going, what teams are feeling. So I think the Niners by now have an idea and. Hopefully the that that's why you hold on to Ayuk and you make a trade on that draft night if you are going to trade him. If they do trade Brandon Ayuk, um, they'll sell it as you know we ne- we never thought this guy would be available and love Brandon, but we love this guy too. Nah, it's a business decision if they trade Brandon Ayuk, just like it was a business decision when they traded DeForest Buckner. And the sure. decision is, you know, it's not really smart to spend a ton of money on him and Debo Samuel. But the problem isn't Ayuk; it's Debo. The problem is that they gave Debo Samuel a ridiculous contract, and that has sort of made keeping Brandon Ayuk tricky at best. And so I think they could do it, and I'm sure they're prepared to do it, but there's also probably tempted to, hey, man, we could be so much more financially, you know, efficient at this position if we trade him for another wide receiver who, you know, is just as talented, just as highly graded, but younger and on a rookie deal. So that's the business decision they would make, see what they do. Yeah, they, def- they definitely can do it. And again, the only reason yeah. why you're able to do it is because you, you still have no answer at quarterback. And the quarterback's not taking much of any of your salary cap. So that's the main reason why you have all these luxuries and you can do it. And it might benefit you to keep – I mean, not my, it will benefit you to keep Brian out of you because of the quarterbacks you have, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. They, they need that extra talent and help and make Kyle Shanahan play call better to get these guys to uplift themselves and look better than what they can be or should be. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't think I would – I still don't prefer a Brandon Ayuk trade. I, I still think they – what should better off, you know, trading for him. But again, I mean, I'm, excuse me, picking up his option. But again, like, like you said, business, it makes sense. You know, it's at some point, it's like, it's, we, we got Bosa coming up, you know, other player. It's, you just don't know. So it, it's like, and at least Ayuk, as good as he is now, keeps ascending. It's like, that's the one position, one player that could actually technically be replaceable. 
And I know, again, like you said, the Debo Samuel contract, but at least for them, it's like at least he's more special in terms of scheme fit, in terms of the way he fits with us and what he can do, even though, again, Ayuk is the better true wide receiver. It's just, you know, it is possible to replace more of the uh, more of a receiver of his skill trait than it is like someone like Debo. Yeah, but um, can you really trade Brandon Ayuk and improve in 2023 or do no. you take a step back? Because he's he's 25. He's at his best. I mean, I understand. Like, I think the template here is when Minnesota traded Stephon Diggs to the Bills and drafted and, and got a pick back and drafted J- Justin Jefferson. The offensive coordinator for the Bills was Brian Dayball. He's with the Giants. They're interested to want Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk is very similar to Stephon Diggs. So I can see why the Giants would be interested. They've Dayball's had success with this kind of a trade. Uh, the Vikings had success with this kind of a trade. But could the Niners find their Justin Jefferson in this draft? Like, I don't think he's in it. Quentin Johnson would be the guy who might be there at 25. And if he was super good, wouldn't the Giants just draft him? Like, is he the guy the Niners want? Would you really trade Brandon Ayuk for Quentin Johnson? Is he better than Brandon Ayuk? I don't know that he is. Do you have an opinion on Quentin Johnson? TCU. No, I, no, I don't. Because I'm, no. I'm too focused on the middle round receivers that they could probably yeah. get. And you could probably plug him. Of course, it would be a fall off, most likely a fall off from Ayuk. But still probably some enough where you could not make the hole so gigantic where it could shrink in and make it somewhat efficiency. That's why I'm really leaning towards if the Niners do get like that middle round, that middle 20 pick somewhere around there is, is there an offensive tackle that you can instantly plug right there, right tackle and like be secure enough. It doesn't have to be elite of course, because there's probably going to be some growing pains, but just someone you could plug right there and they could be like, Oh wow, we're actually fairly good there. We're fine. And we actually got like a decent wide receiver. Like we're good. That's the only way I can see it makes work. Cause again, we have, they have a gate that the right tackle is still a question mark and that's huge. And it's like, it's like, great. How are you going to get the ball to IU? If you can't pass protect on the right side, what are you going to do? Just hug George Kittle the that's whole true. time. Now you've capped your yeah. offense again. You're going to put CMC as a pass for all the time. So that's, that's why I think if you go for the twenties, you have yeah. to you're kind of force to go tackle. And, but if you only do that again, if there's a tackle or two that, we know we, yeah. can, we can really like this guy, and we can put him in instantly and work with him as the season goes along. You got to get like Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, or Anton Harrison. Those someone that's like, clear cut. Yeah. That's like easy, clear like, cut like, day one starter. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. All right, Corey Soto says we talk about the Niners being relevant for the foreseeable future, yet this core is rapidly aging, and we have no replacements for key roles. Guess Purdy will carry this team. Yeah, and you know they basically threw three years worth of first round picks away which could hurt them down the line when it's time to re- reload. The fact that you like lost a generation of picks, unless unless you keep Trey, which they don't want to do, which they would rather not. Base, Bass Spokane Niner fan says, would a Trey and BA package, what would a Trey and BA package get? I'd get it first. It depends on who you're getting. Who you, who, who, yeah, okay, who's a team that could definitely want to get a, a quarterback? And would, I think that's a great package. That's what I've mentioned that's what I wrote about in a, what makes a tr- how the 49ers can get more in a transfer package. I said, add a player. And ideally, add Brandon Ayuk because he's the yeah. one that has the best the best connection. He's also one that actually makes sense from a trade candidate standpoint as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and if you're a team, it's like, I can easily give that at first because it makes sense because I'm getting a guy who has potential. I know he's still raw. I know his question marks. But at least I have a, re- a receiver who will uplift him and one who has connection with them. So it makes sense to really make it in that package. So I think you get a first with him. I would love to trade for that package if I were another team because I look at Brandon Ayuk as someone who's been underutilized. Kyle Shanahan is a scheme coach in the sense that he's not going to change what he does too much for his players. He's going to do what he does. And so Brandon Ayuk's killing it. He's got a great matchup that day. He's like, well, you know, I'm still going to call plays for Christian McCaffrey and Debo and, and Kittle. 
Um, and I feel like what you could do is just put him on another team, feature him, give him more touches, and all of a sudden he's way more, he's way better. And the teams do that all the time. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of Kyle's like Kyle's been holding back Kittle in a sense. Like Kittle's never a red zone threat. His whole career, all of a sudden, Brock Purdy comes in, scrambles around, throws a Kittle. He's catching all these touchdowns. It's like, damn, Kyle. Like maybe your red zone scheme should have been featuring your tight end a little bit more. Um, that was a tangent. Sorry. Good question. <laughs> a good question. That question yeah. is also kind of funny because I, I had a uh, reply when I tweeted out those those screenshots about a, a Chiefs podcaster was saying about I would love for the Chiefs to get him and I'm like man I, the Niners would definitely probably consider trading him for that 31st pick um excuse me 32nd pick well, who's picked they have no 32nd stupid duh for the 32nd pick um and he would make Ayuk instantly a top eight wide receiver with Mahomes maybe even top five but I I, I took a little bit more cautious he'd be a top eight receiver with Mahomes it's actually 31 because the the Dolphins it- got their pick the Dolphins got their pick like they forfeited their pick oh, because right. they uh, I were forget tampering about with. I forget it didn't get it didn't get yeah. replaced. It just got nuked. That's right. That's it got right. nuked. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was right. wondering why I was saying thirty-one first. I was like, wait, why am I saying that right? But I'm bleeding. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So the thirty-first pick, end of the round pick, okay. still the same, same, same concept. Yeah. But yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be bad. Okay, this is very interesting to me. The Washington Commanders are not going to pick up the uh, fifth-year option of Chase Young. Chase Young was, I believe, the second pick in the draft. He's entering his fourth year. He's tore his ACL. He went to Ohio State. He was, you know, almost as highly graded coming out as Nick Bosa. Uh, did tear his ACL, though, and Washington doesn't want him anymore. So, the question is, should the 49ers trade for him? I have a wild idea. What do you think of trading Trey Lance for Chase Young? I, yeah. if, if you trade Trey Lance by himself, is Chase Young the best you could get back? Yes. Right now? Hell yeah. That's the best you can get, and it's it'd be worth. I would it. agree. Like, and, and would both teams be interested? Yeah, it, they definitely would, would. Would think would consider it. They would definitely. Like, hmm, this is intriguing. You know, we have both both first round coveted picks who are probably. I mean, Trey Lance probably not getting his fifth year pick off, but at least with the with the with the with the Commanders, you know, we receive Lance, we could probably pick it up, and we we have Jacoby Brissett to hold it for a year. Trey Lance is not too terribly far off from a Jacoby Brissett. And I know they talk about Sam Howell, whatever. It's like, yeah, you know what? You can replace Sam Howell with any type of quarterback like that. You know, Brock Purdy, for example. Whatever. Also, they got Martin Mayhew over there who was in the organization when they drafted Trey. Was he? I think so. That was a year. Maybe he left. Hold on. Yeah. Let me check. Let me or check. I thought he just, just left. But I digress. I but yeah, it's, it's still it's still someone to consider because, again, it's a quarterback needy team. They pretty much said, look, we're kind of out on Chase Young. We want him to at least get a prove a year. So I think it's yeah. If you're the Niners, you definitely consider it. Um, but then again, it's like you're going in all in with Brock Purdy. But uh, I, I mean, they kind of are going already all in with Brock Purdy now, right? So at that point, you really are committed to bringing in another quarterback by the draft, and maybe that makes sense for why you did all this due diligence, you know, with the with the with the DTRs of the world, and you know the Jake Hayners. So I guess that's why you do all that due diligence for so to make Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance is already low key expendable. It's pretty much just depending on the uh, health situation of a uh, of Purdy, and because you know Lance doesn't really have value. I mean, we've already said it. We both think he's no more worth than a fourth or fifth round pick. So if you get Chase Young, that's that's probably that's the best you can get. I just think it'd be really funny if the Niners traded Trey Lance to Washington. He ends up working out in Washington, and they get Chase Young, and his injuries end up you know ruining his career. And it's like, well. That's the 49ers. You know, you traded a quarterback for a for D lineman with a bum knee. I mean, how many of those guys do you have on your team? How many how many injured D linemen are you going to bring on your team? First, it was D Ford. 
First it was D. The, the Chiefs were like, man, we've been managing this guy for years. I don't think we can do it anymore. The Niners were like, bring him over here. We got a great training staff. That didn't work out. Then it was Javon Kinlaw, first round pick. They knew what they were getting into. They thought they had a plan. It didn't work. Chase Young would be a trifecta. I feel like if you're a D lineman or anyone and you got a messed up knee, you want to stay as far from Santa Clara as possible. It's not good. Something's going on there. They should check. I don't know. Is it the power plant next door? It's next to a power plant. Did you know that? Washington? Santa Clara. Their, uh, their training facility is a big power plant right next door. Maybe it's oh, the God. electromagnetic waves. I'm not going there ever again. Maybe um, it's just the vibes. <laughs> it's just the vibes in Santa Clara. It's bad it's, vibes. It's gonna get. It's gonna make me start balding uh, if I start going there again. <laughs> uh, I would say the only part of Chase Young versus D Ford and those other two is like they were. First of all, D Ford. We had like a plethora of examples. Like this guy is literally a walking glass. Like yeah. you better f- cross your fingers. He does not, you know, have half of that. And guess what? He had exactly that and more. And then Javon Kinlaw, of course. It's like, do you really want? It was a mix of he barely showed up his final year in college in a flash of literally just four games and the knee. So that was already kind of dumb. And then Chase Young would be like more like, okay, okay, okay. But, I, I you know, ultimately I think if you're the 49ers, you really want to trade Trey Lance, you probably should do it. I still think you should keep on to Trey Lance instead of acquiring Chase Young just because, you know, it's it's never de- – D-line's a great – you need to reload a little bit more on your D-line, right, especially on the edge, and Chase Young would help you. In theory, he would help you, but that injury scare is, is, is too much. And there's a reason why they're declining it. They must know something about his knee. They're scared about it. Maybe there's something about practice. Whereas the 49ers, it's still worth it for you to at least just play out this year for Lance because the the, the upside, even if you don't meet it, even if it's obvious you don't meet it, people think that yeah. it's worth it just figuring, figuring it out because the main issue of this team every year – it's quarterback. No, we don't talk about defensive line. Sure, we talk about like we could have, they should have been where, where was the defensive line like a, the quarter half of the last year, right? But still, ultimately, if it comes down to the quarterback, and it's worth more seeing what you have in Lance than giving away now and just to acquire another pass rusher. Also, if you think Lance is a bust, what is Chase Young? I mean, Chase Young had seven and a half sacks his rookie year. Great. That was 2020. 2021, he had one and a half sacks in nine games. And last year, he had no sacks in three games. So, what is. Chase Young, I mean, he's actually trending toward the Javon Kinlaw trajectory. So, Niners, I, I don't know that this is actually the uh, solution for the 49ers here. Chase Young, damaged goods. Yeah. yeah, because Ben Peterson will work that out. Bring him to Ben. Ben's got a plan for that knee. A proven plan. You have, you have to wonder if Chase Young isn't probably, as the more we talk, isn't worth almost the same as Trey. Well, maybe a little bit more as Chase. I mean, as Trey Lance, maybe you can get like, maybe the commanders can get like a second or third at best maybe second is a little bit of stretch the third i feel confident yeah. in but it's like it's pretty yeah. much kind of the same with trey at that point yeah. so it's like Agreed. you know it's kind of like you know an apples to apples trade like again yeah. one one plays one's more valuable a quarterback again i know not to the chase niners is. not to the niners so the niners it goes defensive lineman wide receiver running back tight end long snapper kicker quarterback head coach quarterback in that order all right, linebackers a little higher. Come on, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, so higher. there's a there's a rumor going around Reddit that oh, the God. Houston Texans are thinking about trading for Mac Jones. That they would uh, trade their number two pick to the Patriots for like two firsts and Mac Jones and a fourth. Um, I mean it's a it's a rumor on Reddit, but if it were true, uh. Would it surprise you that D'Amico and Bobby Slowick would be more eager to trade for Mac Jones and Trey Lance? 
Uh, would it surprise me? No, because they were obviously in on those conversations and know everything about the research that went down, especially Slowick. Um, and again, ever since that, ever since I watched that D'Amico Ryan's head coach introductory press conference with the Texans, he didn't make, he pretty much said like, we don't have to take a quarterback at number two. Right. And yeah. as the kids closer, everyone's starting to realize that even as the, you know, more rumors come to be. And it's like, yeah, dude, I, I said, right. if you just watch this press conference, you knew I've been saying this for like a, like two months now. It's like, he just he literally says, I just need a winner or I just need someone who can run the offense efficiently. He didn't say we don't have to put it all on the quarterback. And I'm like, Oh God, they look, they definitely are disciples of Kyle Shanahan. And if you're a defensive coach, but I think that's something that all defensive coaches view. Like they always like, we just need someone that's in there and then I can play my defense good. We just need him not to lose the game to put my defense mm -hmm. in a in exactly. a pinch. So that's right. it's really spoken like a like a real honestly a real true defensive guy, not just a, a Kyle yeah. Shanahan disciple. I just think it makes well deal with Kyle Shanahan's a defensive coach at heart. Yeah, essentially. So I think Mac Jones, you get there, the, the, you know, Casario's probably like, hey, I think we could swindle this guy. I mean, we could probably get him for like a second round pick and we could save all these other picks and we can really boost up our defense. And then we're probably looking at almost competing for that seven seed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I just wonder if, you know, if, if the 49ers are down on Trey Lance, which that seems to be the case, they say they don't say they are, but it seems like they are. Then yeah, they're definitely more down than up. You know, anyone that worked for the 49ers the last few years might be down on him, too. And to your point, Martin Mayhew did not. He was not with the Niners in 2021, 2022. You were right. He left before then. So maybe Washington's a possibility. But I could see Houston preferring Mac. Also, they have their general manager is from New England. Um, but if their first move, D'Amico, is to trade for Mac Jones, I mean, that's a waste. That's like signing Brian Hoyer as your first move. Like, that's pretty much what that is. So uh, I hope D'Amico doesn't do that. Trading for Trey would be smarter, and I, I, um, I wonder if D'Amico would figure that out. Again, I, I think the best place for Trey Lance to end up would be Seattle, and I know the Niners wouldn't trade him there. But if he just ends up in Seattle, Seattle, um, mm. they, I mean, Pete Carroll is great at just pumping confidence into people. Quarterbacks, I believe in you. I mean, it's basically what he did for Geno. Uh, Kyle does everything but that. He gives you the scheme, the defense, the weapons, but. He's very negative and demanding, and if you're not good right away, he goes to the backup quarterback, and he loves backup quarterbacks. Kyle loves backup quarterbacks. He's great at developing backup quarterbacks. I think he's the best at it. I mean, we've seen Kyle help multiple times with all the quarterbacks this year, this past year, like pretty much like get animated and even verbally yell at them. How many times have like you've had some of your peers go up there and like Kyle, what are you saying to Brock? Are we saying to Trey? I mean, it's like we or Jimmy, we've seen them see him like not just get animated, but again, actually yell. So yeah. I, he, he, it's definitely like that pressure is just like, just, just, just run my goddamn player. Just like, just do it right. right. Like, stop getting cute right. like that. That's why when, when uh, Brock, was that against New Orleans where he goes all the way to the left or was that Seattle? No, nothing else. Seattle. He goes all the way to the left and then he comes all the way back to the right and rolls it out and almost has that beautiful, like, and I think I dropped right. it or something like that. Yeah. I can, I think Kyle was definitely pissed on that one, even though it was almost a sweet play. So it's stuff like that. That's like, yeah, it's really pissed off. Yeah. You see him blow up on his quarterbacks on the sideline. You don't see Pete Carroll do stuff like that. No, no, no. He's just yeah, he's like, the cheerleader. Like, shooting his gun. I'm like, come on, come on. All right. But Pat, yeah. but Pat, you got it. <laughs> you got it out there. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. No, what, what he would say to Trey is, dude, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. You're so good. What Kyle says, I think, is you suck. You suck. Prove me wrong. You suck. Prove me wrong. And I think, you know, that's good for Matt Ryan, maybe, who had been 28 and maybe had become a little complacent yeah, after a few Pro Bowls. Like, hey, challenge me. Challenge me. But, man, 
Trey, like, nah, I think he needs Pete Carroll's type of coaching. Like, no, dude, let's build you up. Let's, that's what Alex Smith needed from Jim Harbaugh. I think that's what Trey Lance needs. It's not like he's a cocky guy who's overconfident coming to the 40. He's not overconfident. That's not his problem. You know what I mean? No. No, his character, no. he's a very upstanding guy. But yeah, yeah. Mac Jones, D'Amico, don't do it. I mean, again, like I just said, like the last topic, you can find these guys later. You can find these guys later. And it's why I thought I would have shredded the 49ers if they had drafted Mac Jones number three. Like, you guys are stupid. You can get these guys later. Don't do it. And what's funny is they think, well, we, we got a six-year contract, so we don't have to draft a quarterback year one. What you should probably think, you, sh- you have to draft a quarterback every year until you find a franchise quarterback. So you should just be thinking this gives us more opportunities to draft quarterbacks and get it wrong. So if you really like C.J. Stroud, freaking take him and give him a shot. And if he's Josh Rosen, take a quarterback next. You got a six-year contract as opposed to just punting on the most important position for a year. Well, I think if you take Stroud, you pretty much guarantee him at least two years of trial unless something literally preposterous <laughs> happens, like a Zach Wilson situation. But pulls a Josh Rosen. Two years, right? Yeah, pulls a Josh. I mean, a lot of those are kind of like more outliers. You know what? They are outliers, but they're becoming more of a trend now, especially like the last like three, four years with so many like first-round quarterbacks not being like instantly elite. Um, but I did like see- if you take a quarterback and he's not elite and then the next year you're in a position to take someone even better, like your fan base will be like, dude, take that. Like, like let's say you take, you know, uh, CJ Stroud, and then you're the worst team in the league and you suck, and then you're in position to take Caleb Williams. Like, who cares? Take Caleb Williams, trade CJ Stroud. Great, you got Caleb Williams. Work it, great. It worked out. This, this is definitely going to be the debate, though, about like, we spent this pick last year already. Let's just keep rolling out and see what he's got and use that pick elsewhere to build around the team and uplift them. There's always going to be that debate. pushback. There's never going to be like that yeah. consensus of, that, like, of it being that. Yeah, yeah I guess every, every team would do it different, but. I mean, the Cardinals traded Rosen for Kyler Murray, and Kyler's better. Regime, I still think though, that Ky- that's different. New regime came in than the year before. The, I feel like the the Cardinals try to leak a bunch of stuff about Kyler to make him look bad, but really they've not very little to help him. Like I saw something they've spent all their first round picks on like linebackers and defense, and they've given him they've drafted two line two offensive linemen since he's been on the team. Like that's ridiculous. That's dumb. So I have to side with Kyler on that. Should have played. He should have played baseball. I mean, all the For leaks, the like you said, that are trying to like, def- <laughs> yeah, and the Las Vegas A's, yeah. what to defame the, uh, to, 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 hey, to on the one hand, they try to make them look bad. On the other hand, they give them the contract. It's like, what are you doing? That's what I'm saying. Like, you guys yeah. are doing those things to defame him, but it's really, you're making yourself look stupid for get exactly because you're the one that extended him, which I thought exactly. it was early. It's like, what are you doing this so early for? Why are we, why? Right. Why? Right. I mean, he's, he's clearly yeah. immature. I mean, especially this year, he's yelling at DeAndre Hopkins and stuff like that. His coach, like, GA, relax there, Mr. Unaccomplished. This is the problem with Mac Jones. Like he's over there like screaming at everyone. And it's like, dude, shut the hell yeah. up. Who, who are you? Stop. How good would uh, Jalen Hurts be if the Eagles spent all their draft picks on linebackers instead of offensive linemen? I mean, you got to – I mean, J- I love Jalen Hurts. He's really good. But you have to acknowledge he has the best offensive line in the league. That's really It really helps a young quarterback. I love how teams think uh, – uh, what does a quarterback need? A good defense. Well, yeah, until he gets hurt. Like what he really needs is someone to block blocking. Just Locking. learn from the Colts and Andrew Luck. They forced them into early retirement. That's it. Yeah, That's the one example exactly. you need. That's the one yep. example you need. Yup. Chris Grove says, yesterday's convo, I live in Las Vegas. Tourists won't care about the A's, but what fans from Yankees, Sox, Rangers, Angels, or any team not want to go to Vegas to watch their team? A's will succeed here. So, okay. So, like, when the Yankees or the or, – so, so when a big team comes to town and there's some New Yorkers in town, they'll go see the game. But what about when, like – the Kansas City Royals are in town or 
the San Diego Padres or the Florida Marlins. I know those are, I mean, this interleague and stuff, but I'm just saying like, that's how it used to be with the, with the Raiders too in the eighties. They could win a Super Bowl the next year. If they played the Niners in the LA Coliseum, they'd fill it up. If they played, um, the saints, there'd be no one there, even though the Raiders were a great team with Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, like no one gave a shit in LA because like, Oh, it's not a marquee matchup. It's a great day in LA, not going to see football. The Rangers or the Angels? Why are they mentioned in here? <laughs> don't mention know. them, especially <laughs> the Angels. And what do you think? They're going to fill up those. I mean, Yankees and Sox, the Red Sox, they're going to be like, they're always almost always weekend games because they want them in prime time. But yeah, it's, I, I think it'll, I think it'll still work. Uh, Vegas. Chris Grove says, no offense, Grant, but, but between Oakland and Vegas, where will fans travel to? Niners give Trey a damn opportunity. Go Dubs tonight. Love the channel. Thanks, Chris. But again, you're, you're banking on. Uh, away, like the fans from away teams filling up the stadium. And that's what happens at SoFi and the Raiders game. So like all the fans are away fans. That's that's what you want? Yep. That's hilarious. I don't care. They don't. I mean, Although in football, least, that hurts your team. LA, LA's fair weather as its finest, and it's always been just the, just the Lakers and USC town and Dodgers. It's always been those three. It's always been well, those three. Going to a basketball backers, game is inherently glamorous. Like it's a, it's like going to a nightclub. You know what I mean? You get to, the spotlights yeah. on you. You dress up. Like football is nothing glamorous about it. You might get in a fight. You know, you might. You have to be around a bunch of people drinking hell beer, and you're not going to be on television unless you're up in a box. Do you know that the glamorous. Raiders freaking put like a nightclub at the end zone where the old black hole used to be in the, the Legion Stadium? They have a black That's hole. They so have where it's it's literally a nightclub. It's literally you can get bottle service. It's promoted by the Wind slash Encore. So it's <laughs> that's so lame. So you're saying that like, you're saying like oh all this drunk rowdiness yeah. is like no it's more just like nightclub-y kind of upscaley now it's like it's, it's yeah it, there's no culture there there's no of personality course. there yeah it's the Vegas of the Vegasification of Oakland Monster it's literally a nightclub football yeah. stadium yeah 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 which is not in the it's not in the spirit of football football is not a nightclub-y like basketball is a big city nightclub-y type of sport football thrives in texas ohio wisconsin you know what i mean like the less going on there is in that area the more important football is to the cultural fabric of that region like that's the way i look at football the more that's going on the less it, the more it gets pushed down the pecking order of things to do and care about i think it'll be fine this need a winner if you win they will they will come if you win they will come you're the home fans at least not the a's though because baseball is like mid I, did, does anyone care about baseball anymore? No. I don't know. No. Monsa Torre says, I, you can trade to Houston for number 13. <sighs> I don't think so. 13's real high up there. I feel like Ayuk on his own up. would get you like 25 or a little later <laughs> since he was 25. Um, and then Trey, to me, isn't worth what, much right now because the Niners botched his the first two years of his career. So I don't think they could do it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Official BNA Music 88 says, if fired, Kyle will be backup quarterback coach OC for the New York Jets. Uh, Kyle ain't fired anytime soon. Michael McCann says, if SF trades a significant player to grab a first-round pick, it needs to be added to the overall impact of Lance failure. No need to move up otherwise. That's another. That's a, that's a good point. Maybe that's another reason they won't do that because it's like compounding compounding the uh Right, yeah. It it's one. like, yeah, you had some – well, is it – Oh yeah, because you could have already had that first round pick. You didn't. You could yeah. gone that offensive tackle anyways. Like then, technically, they're drafting Trey Lance in round one on you know tomorrow. Technically, technically, the Niners are drafting Trey Lance for the third time tomorrow. 
It's going to be great. I bet, I bet you the Niners won't, won't, won't tweet out tomorrow like, with the something something pick, the Niners select Trey Lance. Is no, they, why everyone forget Trey Lance? And so, hold on. So, did, did the did the Dolphins forfeit this pick? I don't know. I have to look. They no, no. You're right. They did because I was looking they at did. a. I was looking at the draft order yesterday where me and you were like texting about like what teams they can go to, and I'm like, dude, it has to be mid twenty teams, like all these teams. And I saw like the Dolphins were supposed to pick like 18th or something like that, whatever 17th, because since they have a first round exit or whatever. And yeah, it says forfeit, and I don't think I saw a 32, so that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think anyone got filled in for that. Yeah. Smack Jones says, shout out to Grant. Two live streams back-to-back make my work workday go by so fast. Uh, I'm sure your boss is real happy with me and you. Yeah. So shout out to you. Man, I hate a corporate workday too, so I'm glad. You just tell us boss. Work? You just like, have it on? Stream gets me efficient. Like, how, how do you, you just have like a little, you just put it on, kind of sneak it? How would you do it? I don't Dude, have to, I work, I work from home. I don't questions anything. AirPod? I love it. I love it. Do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? That's your time. Okay. So we keep talking about this. They got so many weapons. They're all really expensive. If you can't pay everyone, should they trade Brandon Ayuk? You know, they haven't paid him yet. And teams want him, and he's young. And we've made the arguments pro and con. Should they trade George Kittle? We've been talking about that since last year. He's the oldest, and he's getting expensive, and he's had injury issues. Um, But really, though, if we're looking at performance, like last year, quarterback rating when targeted, Kittle was 127. He was great. Ayuk was 116. McCaffrey was 117. There was one guy who stood out, and it was Debo. When he was targeted, he was targeted more than anyone when he was healthy. Quarterback rating was 73. And it's to me, it's like it looks like he came into the league as a really good wide receiver who could play running back. And now he's a really good running back who could play a little wide receiver. And he's going to be making like $28 million a year. Not that you can trade him, but if you could, I think that's the guy you trade. What do you think? Yeah, you definitely a thousand percent because the game, not even just because, look, Debo Samuel overall in the offense might be better and has more higher explosiveness and specialty for the system than just a pure wide receiver like Ayuk. But the difference is Ayuk's game is is made to last for a longer period. So you'll keep him longer playing at a higher level than you will for a Debo because how much longer does Debo have running this dual versatile threat role? Like two years, three tops? Because eventually what if an injury happens or if they do, there's another season where they run him to the ground like almost close to what they did in 2021, then all of a sudden you put more mileage in the car and stuff like that. So that's why I'm always that like, look, I get Debo might be the better player now, maybe even next year. But in terms of longevity, Ayuk is more sustainable to stay at a high level, and the game favors him more than a running back like a Debo. And remember, when we were everyone, all the discussion about Debo's contract, it was because first half of the season, 2021, the dude was already almost at a thousand yards. He was looking amazing, but they weren't winning, and they switched him to running back. And all of a sudden, it was it, everything was all gravy in the offense. It's like, wow. So you have him as peak form running the ball, and if you need to have him be a, that kind of dominant person with the ball in your hands through the aerial game, then you have that too. But you didn't really see that last year. And I think a lot of that's because maybe there wasn't too much refinement going on. He didn't work on anything. You know, I don't think he worked on anything with his wide receiver skills. His route running is kind of bleh. It's kind of blurry. Very ugly. Especially it's when not good. What are his go-to routes? Like, what, what do they go? What routes do they call for him where he gets the ball the most? The curve route. Because every route he runs curves. <laughs> so, curve so like, route. drag route, drag routes? Drag routes? Like, you know, shallow crossers? Shallow crossers, uh, not even slants anymore. Um, screens. 
screens where there's no no route really. Just get the ball in his damn hands. Honestly, his route tree has, has been reduced to nothing, and his running back usage is. I mean, like it's not player. enough to justify what you're paying him. He's like a high school enough. player now, with like an offensive yeah. high school player. It's like you can only run these ones. We're just gonna get the ball in your hands, and you just you, you just get the ball to Debo and watch out. And Which, it's because you know, he's I, essentially like I, six feet two. I mean, if I had to guess, he's not six feet two fifteen. Does he look two fifteen to you? I bet he was two fifteen in twenty nineteen. Now, if I had to guess, he's two twenty plus. Just a guess. Yeah, he's definitely yeah he's definitely bulkier because I think it's yeah. because he he's he knows that he's gonna have to have the ball in his hand and try to chuck more people. Right. More tough. Well, but but his but that but that takes away from your agility, which takes yeah. away from your route running, which takes away from your ability as a wide receiver, which is what you're getting paid to do. It's too bad. It's too bad. But well, there's more. It's not just the route running. It's the fact that he drops hella passes. I mean, his drop rate last year. Let me get it. 9.6%, the year before, 8.3%. A big reason they moved him to running back so much is he drops so many passes. He does. So, yeah, I mean, actually, if you think about it, the trio of Kittle, Ayuk, and McCaffrey is elite, and it has everything. You don't need Debo when you have those three. And Debo's the highest-paid guy, and he gets the most targets. Like, Debo Samuel last year in the playoffs got 22 targets in three games and caught 13 passes. I don't know, man. I don't know. Versus how Seems many like, carries? Versus how many carries? Let me tell you. He got um, Since we're comparing the 13 two carries for 34 yards and averaged 2.6 yards per carry. The whole and, wide back thing, man. And who's to say how many of those targets and receptions he caught weren't like within five yards or at the line of scrimmage too? Because I, I don't think that's a little, bit, a little too much refining searching right there, so I don't do that. But yeah, it's like... Everything with him is just pretty much like the infield game, I would say. Like the infield, we're agree. talking using baseball analogy still. Like everything's just infield or right there. Five yards. Five nothing yards in the outfield, in, nothing yeah. going deep. Because yeah. um, he can't do it. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, maybe you'll have some flashes that you can do it, but it's not a consistent basis that you want to say, hey, we're going to run this 18-yard you know, comeback route. Debo, go run it. And I mean, no one's going to fight. Will he get open? Like Will he catch the ball? Will he get open? Will he catch the ball? I mean, the first two phases of the job for Debo Samuel, it feels like he's become below average. The last phase, the ball in his hands, he's elite, no question about it. But are you a running back who plays a little wide receiver or a wide receiver who plays a little running back? I think he's the first one now, which is not what he's paid to do. Paid to do. And you have great running backs on this team. You got, you got Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, plus whoever they're going to take in round three this year. I mean, they're stacked. <laughs> They don't need Debo to do that anymore. That was back when they had Mostert and nothing. Mitchell and nothing. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I still think they need him to do that because he's the only one with the ball in their hand that could take it to the house. McCaffrey's not that capable they, of it. Like, they need him to do something what they're paying him. So anyway, it's like, it, it's, they're not it, to them, it's like, to Kyle, it's like, it's, wor- it's worth the three to four carries. We'll give him a game if it means he's going to rip off for a score because that means, you know, Whatever percentages you could probably break that down to, it's like all right for maybe he gets like three touchdown ripoffs out of like every like thirty carries or something like that. They might. But he didn't as- have those long runs last year like he had in twenty twenty one. I wonder no, he was didn't. it because remember every time we kept asking about the highlight, like what are his top five highlights of last year? We we came up with like three instantly, and then the fourth and fifth were like, shit, where? <laughs> where? I mean, yeah, it was it was like some catches he had, um, but he didn't have those long runs like he had in twenty twenty one. Maybe it's because McGlinchey was there instead of Tom Compton, and they didn't have that. I don't know. Maybe it was because of Brock Purdy. I, I do not know. But uh, he wasn't the same player at all. But it's when, just when Ray when Ray Ray did those plays that they hit, they worked. 
and that's what I'll what say is because defense is no, right? You can't have the same thing be successful all the time, right. and maybe that's a job right. on Kyle. And right. that's why I remember when the Chris McCaffrey trade happened. I said, I was like, look, this is basically like saying like, this is a free up Debo. And also Kyle says is, yeah. it was almost a, a hidden admittance by Kyle saying, I can't figure this out. So I'm going to use this as my trump card and just have the player like bail me out. Cause I can't figure out a way to get Debo. They're keying in on too much. And it, it's the same, it's the same concept of why I'm scared about Brock Purdy this year. It's like, look, you got tape on him now and he's not getting better this off season. You yeah. think he's going to look that electric or even better than last year? I would lean towards no. I would lean towards no. And that's no. a great point. It's a great point because they don't do that much with Debo if you think about it. Like he plays running back, but he doesn't run all the routes. He doesn't block. Like he, they, they run specific plays for Debo out of the backfield. And as a wide receiver, he goes again, in the backfield, watch, just watch. That's easy. Right. Like there's like seven things they do with them. And then once you get all of it on tape, you can prepare for it during the week and know, like, well, he's not going to adjust his route on a blitz. We saw that. He's not going to do like all the things that running backs are coached to do because they played running back their entire life and they're there throughout all practices with the coach. Like Debo's there for a minute and a half, learning, running a couple runs, learning his track, and that's it. Uh, also, as a wide receiver, we're seeing his. His route tree is, is getting reduced. So as a wide receiver, there's only so much you can do with him. As a running back, there's only so much you can do with him. He's versatile, but he's also limited. And also leads to a higher risk of getting injured in that sense, too, which is gives which, which for going back to the cost, it's like, you know, he's more of a he's more of a risk. He's a higher risk, high reward player versus a Ayuk who still has to this day has not gotten hurt. Although, I think he had like one little gimpy injury, but because in 2021 he like he had big plays because Kyle could scheme him open for him and then Debo could finish. In 2022 he had big plays when he broke four tackles. People were on him. At least it was like all eyes on Debo. Like Nothing they all knew Debo because yeah, and like he still he still was like Hercules out there breaking tackles and stuff. But like, how long is that going to last? Yeah, because the defensive corner is just like definitely emphasis all week. Like we see this, we see this motion, we see this formation. Oh yeah, we see him whenever we see this. Yeah, because I my my favorite guy I love to read all the time, Ted Wynn of the Athletic. Phenomenal job he does. He he mentions how like Kyle Shanahan runs literally the same damn play with Tebow Samuel. He just tweaks it to different motions and different formation sets. It's literally the same run scheme and assignments. It's just he uses motions just to confuse them, and defenses aren't necessarily falling for that. Probably because no matter what the read is in terms of, hey, this blocker motion this, you got to take this guy because that's usually how it comes down to the finer details, right? Defensive corner is probably just saying like, look, if Debo's here, he's going to take the ball. Forget, just, just blow him up. The same way they say with read options, right? If the quarterback doesn't take it, just blow him up anyways. Just make him pay. Like, make Also, him pay. I feel like 10 years ago, all Kyle's idea to use a lot of motion was kind of clever because other teams weren't doing it. And now like his his offense is everywhere. These defenses face these motions every day in practice. I don't think you're really fooling people with it anymore. You could dress it up however you want to dress it up, but I think these teams are prepared for what Debo's doing in this in the in the run game. And it, when it comes down to it, it's not that much. You know, it's a few key plays that you dress up and try to make look different. You're not fooling anyone anymore. It's, we're on year three of this stuff. It was great two years ago, but now you're spending a whole hell of a lot of money for a guy who you don't really even need anymore. I mean, he missed time down the stretch. The Niners' offense missed no beats. They were still scoring 35-plus a game with Ayuk, Kittle, and, and McCaffrey and Juwan Jennings, you know? And the same in the same breath with those motions, it's like it's not even just because people are seeing it from Kyle. They're seeing it everywhere, right? His disciples are everywhere, everywhere now using everywhere. it. Everywhere. And even if they're not yeah. disciples, it's a copycat the league. The big ones, too. Of it. I feel like 8, 9, 10, 11 of these guys, like 35% of the league has this stuff. I mean, so if you don't see it in your own practice, you you see it like, you know, in a a lot of your games throughout the season. It's not, 
I mean, it's the dominant offensive scheme you got to prepare for. Everyone has a plan for it. Everyone has tape on it. You know, it's not like you're catching people by surprise with the Kyle Shanahan system in 2023. Quite the opposite. Smack Jones says, I am the manager. Hilarious. And I believe it. I, when I was in college, I had a job. I had a, I had a job at like uh, the office at, in, I don't know, I can explain what it was. But the way it worked was the, the manager had an office with Windows. And he had a computer that only he could see. So he could be watching you know, YouTube or, or whatever game he wanted to watch, managing his, his uh, fantasy team while <laughs> the people he was managing, four or five people, all had, or like, you know, in an open space and you, he could monitor all of their screens. So I think that's the main pe- perk of being a manager is you can slack off way more. So respect to Smack Jones making it in the corporate world. I respect it. Because manager, no one's going to snitch you out or like mess with you. Absolutely. So, you know, you let them do what they do, and you're allowed to watch golf and baseball on your – I'm not saying that's what he did, not giving any names. Alex says the commanders aren't picking up fifth, uh, Young's fifth year. Um, yeah, we talked about whether the, the, the Niners and the commanders would entertain a, a Lance for Young swap, and we think it makes sense for both teams. So keep it in mind. It might happen because the Niners definitely like defensive linemen with messed up knees. It's their thing. That's what they do. Don't, don't advocate them doing it, though. Makes nah. sense. Don't do it for Niners. Just- Another team can trade for Ch- uh, Chase Young, but I feel like the Niners will be the last team that should trade for Chase Young. Like, know who you are. You've tried this with other players. It never works. There's something in the water in Santa Clara. It's a bad place for people with bad knees. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Is this a pivotal draft for the 49ers? I mean, they don't have any picks. They have one pick in the top 100. It's number 99. But, but they're losing a lot of depth. Yeah, it's, I, I think it is to a pivotal draft because, like you said, losing depth. And this is kind of like, you know, the Niners' moment to shine, right? This is where they're supposed to thrive in the middle rounds. This is where they always get their hits. It's it's kind of why all their whiffs in the first round, it's, despite all their whiffs in the first round, you know, you let McGlinchey leave and all these other, aside from like Bosa and Ayuk, even second round picks, it's why you can sustain so well because you're hitting on these other guys and it's making up for that losses. So kudos on you. Um, I actually thought it was funny about what John Lynch said in his in his answer about, hey, why why are you so successful in your middle rounds? And he mentions, well, I think it's because we're collaborative and yada yada. We we challenge each other stuff like that. And it's like, wait, if you're so successful in the middle rounds and you're collaborative, what does that mean about your first and second rounders? You're not collaborative because you've missed a ton in those rounds. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's because Carlos Vance pulling the trigger and usurping everyone and saying, no, screw you, I'm picking this guy. You know, when coaches yeah. usually pick the heavy picks, and I'm thinking about, you know, like the Bill, Bill O'Brien's, the John Gruden's of the world who pick these guys, and why are they always suck? Because the coaches are terrible scouting talent yeah. evaluators. That's yes. one thing that's not them. So yes. they're not collaborating. They don't, put the the ta- they don't put the time in. These scouts do it for years. You put, turn on the tape for a, a week, and you act like you can see it. Don't do that. That's Don't why do that. you have drafts yeah. of like you know a, a Javon Kinlaw with only one year of like of like showing anything, and then you have the red flags like ah, I don't care. We got the Dante Pettis in the trenches. Dante Pettis, Dante Pettis Danny Solomon Gray, Thomas. Trey Sermon, Ty Davis Price. Any one of those uh, picks in rounds one, two, or three that didn't work out, Kello Witherspoon. Those are Kyle saying no, 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 no. That's what I want. This is what I want. One through three is the weighted picks. People like you at two, two to. Th- Two, especially third round picks, really get dumbed down a little too much. It's like no third round picks are still a fairly high. you can get adequate starters there if you're if you're doing a good job of it. And no, th- you should be looking at those guys as guys who can 
develop into starters. Day two picks yes. are guys you're expecting to develop into starters. Day three guys are guys who could be backups, and if they you know surprise you, then great. But those are special teams backups, all that kind of stuff. No, yeah, day three, day two, on those and turn them yeah. into starters. So like they get more credit than they should. Oh. I want to say in the show, they do, they get rifle credit, but it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's the only reason why it kind of balances in a, in a way why they get those first day one and day two whiffs. It's like, cause they're able yeah. to resupply and make up for it, which is fine. I guess. But did they, did they draft it. Kittle like expecting he was going to be a starting tight end? No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, don't do know. That. That's what I'm saying. Hell no. You don't, I don't know. You weren't doing that. You didn't draft Brock Purdy thinking he was going to be your starter. Franchise. Yeah. No, you didn't draft all the, you didn't draft Elijah Mitchell. Thinking you didn't he draft Talanoa no, thinking no. he was going to be all pro safety. Like, but when it hits, it's great. And and they hit a lot. But I think with, with, with day two, the ex, it's not that kind of like, hey, you know, if it hits, it hits. Like you're drafting guys that you think could be starters year two. So you're, yeah. you know, there's a there's a clear need and a path for these guys to play. But and and they're Kyle's picks, which is so interesting. And he said, "Why do we do well later? Because we work together as opposed to earlier in the draft." That's Hilarious. what I thought was funny about yeah. that. But yes, this is a pivotal draft because again. This is collaborative. Kyle Shan's not gonna have too much hands on it. But I'm pretty sure he's not gonna have too much hands on it. He'll probably okay the trades, of course, but I don't think he's gonna be too much like meddling. Um, and I, I know this is kind of similar to last year in terms of like they didn't have a day one pick, right? Um, it's gonna be the same thing, but you got eleven now. So I think this is pivotal. You gotta hit on these guys. This is where your strengths are. This is this is where your strengths are. Even though they don't have a first round pick, essentially they these picks are your first round picks because this is where you really thrive and hit on them. So because we're you're expected and you have been known to hit on these, you kind of have to hit on these guys and you have to find a couple, not even a couple, a few really good ones. It doesn't matter if you package them up and get get someone more proven and polished, but this is pretty pivotal at this point considering you got Kittle on the way, or, I mean on the way out, but like teetering down the contract, you know, Eric Armstead eventually down the line, right? Chant Williams, all these players. So this, this is this is a really, this should be a draft to reload on. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting draft the way it's structured. Like it's like different phases. The first phase is picks 99, 101, 102. Those are Kyle's picks, obviously. And those are going to be guys that he thinks can contribute this year, next year. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does. Then they don't pick f- until 155. That's 50 picks later. You got 155, 164, 173. Three picks within 18 in round five. That's the Niners money round, right? That's where they strike gold and they've got three picks right there. So that'll be interesting. They're banking on their success there and then you got to wait again another 50 picks until the end of round six they got 216 222 so one at the end of round six one at the end of, at the beginning of round seven those will be an interesting little combination of picks and then you got three at the end of round seven which could end up being on you know practice squad guys or whatever so like four little different spots uh the first one's for kyle the second one is that fifth round magic and you got that little i mean end of round six beginning around seven that's like elijah mitchell Jawan jennings territory and then the end of round seven, like, are you going to take another quarterback? Are you going to do another Brock Purdy? Are you going to mm-hmm. take a kicker? You could do stuff like that. They're definitely taking a kicker. I think they're taking definitely a kicker. taking a kicker. <laughs> Which quarterback do you think they take? Do you think they take a quarterback? Yeah, I think they take a quarterback now. I, I put I, Stetson Bennett in as the as oh, pick 255. God, no. Take Jake Hayner or something like that. Please, God, no, do not take Well, Jake Hayner is going to be – they got to take him in round three. You think Kyle takes a quarterback with one of his three, three third-round picks? No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he likes Darnold too much to do it. Yeah. I think he legitimately likes Darnold. I mean, that's why they maybe, signed him, right? Maybe, maybe that's why the organization keeps bringing in other quarterbacks. They're like, look, Kyle, I know you really like Darnold, and Christian says he's a good quarterback, but why don't you just get to know Jake Hayner? Why don't you just get to know Dorian Thompson Robinson? Before you make your mind up, here. They got to add a third quarterback like, anyways. They got to get through OTAs and training camp, but I digress. I think another thing that makes this more of a pitiful draft is – 
so much of what I've been seeing last month is how this is not a top heavy draft. And I keep hearing like, after like the top 10 picks, everything falls off. I'm like, God damn, why are the, why are the back drafts back to back? Kind of like lame a little bit in terms of talent, top end talent, but I digress. And you know how it's a bad draft. You know how you know it's a bad draft. A running back's going to go top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you know. So that's all that's I was like, know. there's only yeah. one receiver expected. I'm like, Jesus, what the hell is going on? But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this is being said, this is more of a day two day. A five eleven quarterback's going to go number one. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's why a guy who puts mayo in his coffee, Jesus Christ. Dude, I don't <laughs> He's going to go number two. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I think this puts more pressure on the 49ers because look, this is not expected to be a first second round draft. So good on you. This is the one year where this is okay not to have a top pick. This is where you guys are supposed to thrive. There's supposed to be plenty of those third, fourth, fifth, sixth guys, which is, this is your element. So there's no excuses why you can't find like what, at least three good players, right? Whether they're key role players slash starters, they don't have to be all pro. I mean, it'd be nice if you get one of them pro bowl caliber, but yeah, this, this, this is your element. This is your field. Other teams who aren't known to hit the middle rounds who will rely on those top picks are going to be like, God damn, we're really desperate to trade down. And it's going to be like, the Niners are like, no, this is the perfect year to have all the third, fourth round, fifth round picks. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. It's it's a good uh, setup for them to replenish their depth, which they don't have as much anymore. But at the same time, they say they're trying to do big things this year. And with no picks in the top 98, I'm wondering, can they find any impact players that make them better this year? Yeah. They did last year. I mean, they had Jordan Mason, Brock Purdy. They found some guys late. Uh, can they do it again? Because they need to. If they need to. But outside of those two, you mentioned Jordan Mason and Brock Purdy. Who else? It wasn't. It wasn't helpful. Jake Jackson. I'm not putting Jake Jackson in there. He was rotational. Not, not tight of his price. Not Sam Womack. Burford. Burford started. Okay, he yeah, didn't make that. an impact, but at least he's, he played, which is impressive for, for yeah. A, a yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that counts. That definitely yeah. a thousand percent counts. So three. They got three. They got three. Can they do that this year? That would be that'll be huge. But really, Burford was the only one they kind of planned on. Right, because Purdy was not planned on, so that was kind of and like they didn't really play Mason like they should have. No, they didn't play Mason like they should have. And was he wasn't he undrafted or was he actually drafted? Yes, he was. He was undrafted, and he took the play away from both uh, Trey Sermon and Ty Davis Price. Yeah, see, so it's last year's draft was definitely more a longevity thing, but I think also because Jake Jackson was supposed to be more of the impactful guy, and he just wasn't. So this year it's big on him, right? We've already discussed that. Last year's draft was more about longevity and future, like. Nick Sakels, um, Jason, mm-hmm. the Jason Pose, the Calia Davises, you know, all those players. I think those are more like longevity players that they were looking down the line. This year, it's kind of like, can we get like a, a, an impact, like you said, an impact player or two, some guy who can get like 20 snaps a game on the other side of the ball, depending. Um, it, it, it's really going to be huge. Or someone just you can find a starter, a starter, a starter down the line. It, 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 again, this is, this is really in their element. Your pivotal draft is here. Uh, we we kind of can't afford to have too many whiffs right now. Yeah, um, I'm going back to Jordan Mason. I'm looking at his numbers right now. It's, this is amazing to me. So Jordan Mason, 43 carries, tw- 258 yards, and a touchdown last year. Six yards a carry. Debo Samuel, 42 carries, 232 yards, three touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry. So Jordan Mason actually outperformed Debo on the ground last year. Elijah Mitchell did two, 45 carries, 279 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. The Niners have literally three running backs who are better than Debo at playing running back. So Debo, great. Love your wide back stuff, but they need you to play wide receiver, man. They got running backs. They didn't have running backs in 2021. You filled in. Thank you very much. That was clutch. They got them now. You got to play wide receiver. That's another tangent. Sorry. Debo hates me, so I just want to let him know since he's watching that I'm I'm on his side, and I believe in him. The biggest threat of Debo Samuel is the threat of Debo Samuel. 
I'll never not it's say true. that. It's true. We'll, we'll see if that relies the same to, again this upcoming season, which it better not. It better not because he's going to get those three to four carries a game still. He definitely is. Do something with him because in the playoffs he did not a nair nutta. Okay. Will the Niners find their starting right tackle in this draft? Oh, they better hope so. I just don't think they will. Um, looking at – I finally got to see a full, like, nice little list on the athletics, the um, the prospects for tackles. And, dude, top 15, they're all left tackles. They're all left tackles. It's crazy how many, like, guys who are expected to go in the first five rounds have very little right tackle experience. The only one who was, like, a clear cut had 30-plus starts was this guy called Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion. And mm. he's a guy who uh, – what was it? He's a guy who, against his weakness about, like, lunging. Like, he's pretty solid at run blocking and stuff like that, but his issues is running against uh, – uh, lunging against explosive pass rushers. So I think that's something that, you know, you could probably teach into him. And maybe he's someone that it, it's rough in the early goings, but it gets better as, as the season goes. So that's someone I would love for them to get. I think that's my pick to get, like, the instant starter. But outside of that, all the other guys are left tackles who have, like, less, less than 15 starts – at right tackle and those starts that right tackle were like earlier in their careers I've seen. Whereas at least like the old dominion cat, he, at least he's been healthy. He hasn't missed games. So that's a big plus. Um, but ultimately I think what it comes down to, it's very hard to find instant good starting tackles in the later rounds of a draft. You can for centers and guards tackles is very, very hard to find to actually find someone unless you're a bad team. That's like, Hey, we're forced to play this guy. He's decent. We got to let him learn through it. Where the nine is like, you're not a team who's going to afford to let these guys learn through it, right? Which is why mm. I think it's going to be Colton McKivitz. And you, mm. at this point, if the only tackle you're going to find who's a starter is a future starter at left tackle behind right. Trent Williams since there's so many left tackles you can find there. Right. I mean, unless you are have a top 10 pick like Philly does, uh, you're not going to find a day one starter who's going to be good nope. in round three. Like the whole league didn't pass on that guy three times. Everyone wants that guy. So what you're looking for is – you say we're a good team. We don't need guys to start right away. Let's be patient and draft a guy and put him in our strength and training program, and he'll be something in a few years. And you, they could theoretically find that guy. I mean, they've had success finding guys like that in rounds five and stuff. So maybe, but I, I'm a little skeptical that a team that starts Colton McKivitz is going to win a Super Bowl. I'm a little skeptical that Colton McKivitz is going to be a starter on a Super Bowl winning team ever. But hey, call me a hater, man. I'm a Colton McKivitz hater. Well, he hasn't shown anything. And again, there's always that's why I hate like it's like, well, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But again, we're basing off off we've seen, especially you, since you're actually there on the on the training camps and the practices and stuff like that. So it's like it's like it's not like he's shown anything to be really hopeful about, other than that he's young and technically moldable. That's the thing about young players. It's like yes, young and technically, technically in theory moldable doesn't mean he's gonna be. Um, but yeah, this is where it gets scary about the part about right tackle. It's like man, it's like. Your team is sweet, but of all the holes on your team, that's a goddamn glaring one. And the only one that has at least top 15, according to what I saw from the from the prospective rankings on the athletic that I like to use, there's only one guy who's had a huge slew of right tackle starts, and that's the guy Nick Saldaveri from Old Dominion. And if you're relying on just one player, <laughs> he's probably going to get picked. He's probably going to get picked before that in the third. He's protected to go in the third round. So the Niners are picking at the end of their round. They might not get him. They're going to probably trade up. And not unless you want to go draft a left tackle and try to flip him to the other side, which I don't think is good business. I never think it's good to put a guy who's not in a natural position and just put him day one. He's like, ah, good luck. But then yeah. that's, that's something the Niners will do. And I think I could yeah. definitely see them doing that. 
Here's my point. I feel like here's where the Niners are inconsistent. They say stuff like, hey, man, we're a win-now team, okay? We just can't afford to play someone like Trey Lance, who's not – he lacks experience. He needs playing time. I mean, we just can't take the risk of, of a, a guy as green as Trey Lance on the field. We can't. But we can play Colt McKivitz at right tackle with his five career starts. Like, offensive tackle is a very important position. It's as important as any position not named quarterback. And you're like, yeah, forget it. Colt McKivitz. We, we love Colton McKivitz. Yeah, he's played five games. And he's been kind of up and down. But we don't care. Trey Lance, though, is way too inexperienced. It's like, I don't know, man. If I follow your logic with Trey Lance, honestly, I do. I feel like you've botched his whole career, but I follow your logic there. I don't follow your logic at right tackle. You're telling me your team is super-duper stacked. What the hell is Colton McKivitz doing on the field? Why? You're too good for that, right? I thought. I thought you were. You said you were. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think it's, it, it, on the, from their standpoint, it's easier to mitigate like woes right from a right tackle spot than a it right is a quarterback is – but still, it's like doesn't mean yeah. just because it's it's easier to mitigate doesn't mean it's going to be easy in itself, right? It's like it's like now you're going to have to tinker with your offense and try to get George Kittle on that side. The running yeah. back's going to be kicked to the to the quarterback's right side now, or you're going to just operate within the three second offense in terms of passing attacks, or, or maybe they'll just use their tight ends to, to you know pass protection like they did in the NFC Championship game. That worked out. What? That was good. That was smart. Kenneth says Grant, keep growing that beard, bro. Looking fierce. I don't know, man. Look at this. Is this what you want to see? Is that is that good? I don't think no, so. Just shave the neck and that's fine. Shave the neck? Okay, I'll give shave it a shot. The, you got to shave the neck. Shave the neck. It's gotta shave I'm about to retire neck. mine soon. and It's starting to get hot. So once this fully grows, ah. it's, down and it's, and I'm, it's I'm, a I'm winter beard. Go T-Boys. I feel that. Um, all right, man. Go T-Boys? You're going to be a guy. <laughs> I've never had a goatee. But I should. I used to. I, wanna, I, I love to have it. But I, I don't connect it. I like to sh shave this part. I don't like to have like the actual like. Oh. This makes me look like, like I'm, I'm, I'm my own evil twin. I see I'm what you mean. Connecting is kind of a bad look. I don't I'll like the shot. Everyone's saying shave the neck. Okay, I'll give it a shot. See what it is. Yes, you have to shave the neck, you rookie. You stupid. Like, come on, dude. That's the way it looks more aligned. Yeah. Javon, the barber, used to do that for me, actually, but he ghosted me. Javon, where'd you go? Javon, you go back. Huh? So, hey, people in the chat, if you get a haircut, you're supposed to have your barber's number, correct or incorrect? 99% of the people are going to say correct. You're supposed to have, if he's actually your barber, if he's actually your barber, you have his number. I went to you him four times. Is that Fruitvale Barber in Oakland? I just walked in the first time. He was chilling. I said, can I get a haircut? He said, yeah. So I figured, man, this dude's dope. I'm going to always go in for walk-ins. He's always there chilling. I went back two weeks ago and I was like, where's Javon? The dude was like, who? I was like, what do you mean who? Where's Javon? He was like, nah, he don't work here anymore. He's like, you want me to cut your hair? I was like, no. I don't know you. I trust Javon. So Javon, if you're out there, hit me up, dude. I need a haircut. It's been a month. This is what you get. Only trust you. You trusted him, but you didn't trust the nuts to get his. Hey, can I get your number? We can schedule something. Like that, I trust that. him to be consistent. You're right. My bad. But I did ask him. I was like, so, I was like, should I call you up and like make a reservation? He's like, why would you do that? Just just walk in. He I was like, that. okay then. Jay. He said that. Nah. He said he said he said he didn't even do reservations, which I liked because I don't do reservations either. That's my guy, Javon. Well, but Colt plays playing, the game the right way, gamer. Who's Colt? But Colt plays the game the right way. Colt McKivitz? Oh, yeah. It's true. I was about to say Colt McCoy. I was like, wait, what? I was like, when they signed him? Signed him or we're going? I was like, what the fuck? All right. I'm going to go get my haircut. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> watching. No, I'm not. Hey, I'll see mind. what I can do. I'm, I'll be back tonight with Jesse. Um, be safe out there in these streets, in these times.